Hello, hello. Joey here. Welcome back to Droolish. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Droolish. I am your host, Joey Montano. Droolish is a sleep and relaxation podcast catered on helping you fall asleep, relax, and reduce mind chatter. In other words, just help you relax and get your mind off of your day. I talk a lot about a variety of subjects. I blend in background noises as well. And in today's episode, I'm actually going to add a couple more subtle backgrounds. And I'm not going to say what or whatever. I just believe it's going to add more of a calming experience. So let's not bother overthinking about it. This is a new episode. I'm glad to be back. Uh, I have more... Uh, space this time, this episode. I feel like the last few episodes, I just haven't really been, uh, I'd say like 100% when it comes to kind of like feeling, uh, I don't know, just having people in the house and everyone everywhere. This is like the first first time I've recorded where there hasn't really been any major distractions on the outside while uh, while chatting. So you know, if, if I sound more free, it's because I feel free. No, <laughs> but seriously, guys, um, I'm super glad to be back at recording and, and in a setting that, uh, you know, I, I enjoy and I feel comfortable with. So, a uh, fun little fact, it turns out Droolish is almost a top 20% podcast. Well, I know. I'm going to let that sink in for myself. I came across an article that says uh, if you get, like, uh, around 1,100 downloads after, like, 30 days... Uh, it puts you like in a top 20 percentile of like where you stand in podcasting. I had no idea, guys. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, hopefully, uh, you know, more people uh, listen uh, and alleviate their sleep issues and fix their insomnia. And hopefully, um, yeah, I'm able to keep helping you guys out uh, in case you guys are unfamiliar if you're a newer listener uh it you know this this podcast tends to talk about a variety of subjects uh but generally i tend to notice my voice often creates yawns it it's let's just say it's yawn inducing regardless of if i'm in a meeting or i'm talking to people or friends um really most of the time after 10 20 minutes people tend to get tired of me talking it could just be the fact that i'm long-winded that could be the case. I don't know. Could be the voice. Uh, could be the subject matter. Could just be that I'm a, I'm a boring guy. Uh, you know, I don't think I'm particularly interesting. Um, some people might disagree, but yeah, it's it's whatever, you know. So, uh, you know, that's pretty crazy to think that something that started almost a year ago, um, kind of almost as a joke, as start you know is getting uh, more traction. So, uh, you know, it's. It's bittersweet in a sense because, uh, you know, while this podcast is getting a little bit of traction and getting more downloads and, you know, more interactions and, um, you know, in the same vein, it's also also kind of sucks to know that, you know, there's still a lot of people that have sleep issues and um, and I'm glad I'm able to help relieve, you know, relieve some of them. Um, But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, So, yeah, if you guys have, if you're new listener and you like what you listen to, I guess, feel, feel free to listen to a few other episodes. 
uh, if, if you haven't figured it out by now, we're like four minutes in and I haven't really uh, gone to the, gone to, to today's subject. So uh, I'll be sure to timestamp uh, the main points regardless. So if you're kind of in a hurry or in a hurry or just want to get to uh, the main content, it's already in, in the description. At least I give you the option to make it easier. Um, but yeah, this is essentially the gist of the podcast. And uh, I try to provide value to those who listen. Uh, regardless if it's in the shape of, uh, I mean, just self, I can't say self-help, but, uh, you know, personal development, insights, knowledge, business, really anything and everything that I think uh, could be related to your, your day-to-day. So, or at least that's the experience I'm, I'm, tr- I'm trying to uh, add for you guys. So, without further ado, let's just dive into today's subject. So today we're going to be talking about... Uh, the most influential slash helpful books that I've read in my life. And uh, these books are going to be a mix between business, marketing, um, some finance, and health. I think a lot of these books can, uh, if you haven't read them, will give you the opportunity to learn more about kind of other people's perspectives, learn more about just learning in general. And a lot of this, I believe, can relate to us in our day-to-day lives. As, uh, as I go through these books... Uh, I'm going to try to at least try to paint a picture of why it's been beneficial to me. And hopefully that resonates to some of you, especially as, you know, if a number of you are trying to sleep at night and you're kind of just worrying and you have your mind chatter about, you know, some of the what ifs, uh, you know, some of the previous decisions you've made in your life or upcoming decisions or stressors, or even just wondering why you can't sleep and you just need to get your mind off of something. Uh, For me personally, I mean, I've been through a lot of those same thoughts, especially, uh, you know, a long time ago, and I'm not going to say I have completely uh, removed that. I mean, earlier this week, I've had, like, trying to fall asleep, you know, I, like, one or two, like, insomniac episodes. Um, still, you know, semi-frequent, but nowhere near as bad as uh, as it used to be. So, uh, so hopefully, uh, you know, this helps you guys, and these books... Uh, if you want to start reading them or start even taking a gander at like what they're about, that'll be super awesome. Because uh, generally, for me personally, a lot of the mind racing and a lot of the insomnia, you know, the part that you, we kind of get it inside our own heads, uh, there are a lot of racing thoughts. But but I notice a lot of those racing thoughts tend to go away if there are actions or solutions to the problems that we're having. And I think these books can at least connect the dots in solving some of these problems and just cl- and start clearing your mind of the mind chatter. So, let's get to it. Uh, these books, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna rank them in like one to fifteen. I have about fifteen books. Uh, I'm gonna try to go through this a little bit. Uh, this might be a two-parter, but might not, depending on where we're at. Uh, but uh, no, I think I think this is gonna be fine for at least a one-parter. Again, and I don't want to say this is in a, a particular order, uh, but. I think more of the influential books I'm going to put up, up front, but these 15 have really been, they mean a lot to me. I've probably read about like 50 to like 70, 80 books in the last like 15 years. So I do read a few books a year. Um, I'm not like someone who reads 50 books, like a book a week or something like that. Uh, it's not that I don't have time. I probably do have time. It's just, uh, <laughs> this, this is me. I, 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 I'm very happy. You know, I, I try to make an effort to read some books. Um, I'm not a super big bookworm, but uh, but 
you know, a lot of the learnings and growth in my life has, has really been directly related to reading. So, uh, you know, reading and testing and following uh, some of these reads uh, verbatim. So, uh, hopefully you guys, hopefully, hopefully, you know, maybe uh, some of you guys will read some of these books, uh, or maybe a couple, and if, if they pique your interest, and let me know how it goes. Let me know if uh, a book has helped you, and some one of these books have helped you in a in any sense, I should say. So, book number one, or I should say the first book, let's talk about. So this first book is called How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Now, if you have heard of that name, Dale Carnegie, I believe he was the biggest, I think, oil or steel mogul that has, I think he was like one of the richest guys ever at some point. Uh, he was born in like the late 1800s, died in the 1950s, and he was part of that major, uh, I think the Industrial Revolution. Uh, I'm not going to look at this history, I'm not going to Google the history, I'm just banking off of my previous knowledge, so uh, if I don't sound like I'm smarter than a fifth grader, uh, then let it be. Okay, I don't do that. But the point is, um, in regards to the content of the book, uh, this book itself, I read this uh, about maybe a decade ago, and there's a subheading in this book, and it's called The Only Book You Ever Need to Lead You to Success. Now, in today's day and age, I know a lot of people want to understand or even know or identify what, what quote-unquote success is. And I cannot tell you what success is. Success is going to be something that is defined by each individual. It's something that you set, to your, you know, set something in your mind to, something that you have a dream, a goal, a vision that you want to get at at some point in, in the future. Whether it's to be like a professional baseball player or someone who uh, you know, has a high-level corporate job, someone who wants to manage a company, someone who wants to own a company, uh, or you know, so, so on and so forth. And this book itself gives, I think, a couple dozen chapters about the key points on how to you know, win friends and influence people. And I know some people might think, well, yeah, you're influencing people. That sounds like manipulation and, and, you know, so on and so forth. Or it's something that you have to do to, like, be a salesman and you need to sell items and you're, you're manipulating people. Uh, and yeah, people still tend to forget the first half of the book, uh, depending on your mindset, which is how to win friends as well. And what I can say in regards to this book, to sum it up, is that it just kind of teaches you how to actually be a decent human being at the end of the day. Uh, not just how to be a decent human being, but actually how to be a good person. And that's really what it takes to actually win friends and influence people, is that you know you do what you say, you say what you're gonna do, you do what you say, you actively listen, you go out of your way to listen to people and not try to make it about you. You know, you don't go out of your way to criticize people, you don't go out of the way to hurt others. You, know, you don't go out of the way to um, knock people down so you can try to build yourself up. Uh, in the same, in the same vein, uh, it teaches you if you know how to. I can say how to, but like teaches you the mindset of what it takes to go after your dream job, your dream career, or to make the best out of a bad situation. Uh, and I think, actually, I think he's got 24 chapters. Uh, now that I think about it, but this book is, I believe, over 80 years old. It's a timeless book. 
Okay, a book like this, if it's timeless, it's something that, to me, means a lot in the sense of not only is it valid throughout decades and if almost nearing centuries, uh, or a century plus, uh, you know, he cuts through the he cuts through the fluff of trying to understand the science behind human psychology. You know, there are a lot of books that you want to read um, to help you understand the, the science of human or of, of the human mind. And for some people, that might be the you know the, the light bulb that clicks into acting accordingly to like this book. Um, for some people who don't want to read the science of like understanding psychology, because obviously this book is written in the I think in the 30s or the 20s. Uh, is that you know this book just gets straight straight to the point and it's based off of this guy's extensive knowledge of working with people, understanding people, and he talks about a lot of stories. And there is one specific tip that I just found to be the game changer upon game changer. Yeah, game changers upon game changers. And I want to see if I can find that right now because. Dale himself mentions this in the book. He says, okay, I, I found it. So this is probably the most important principle in the book that he says, and I agree with him, and I think it's totally worth the book itself. I, I mean, I'm going to tell you what it is. Uh, obviously, he's got stories and practical understanding of it, so I, that's why I always recommend getting the book and reading it. But this is, uh, this is on uh, page 186 in the book. Uh, it's tied to principle number eight. That's what he calls it. Uh, try honestly to see things from the other person's point of view. Now, before that, he says, if as a result of reading this book, you only get one thing, an increased tendency to think always in terms of other people's point of view and to see things from that other person's angle as well as your own. If you only get that one thing from this book, it may, be, it may, it may easily prove to be one of the stepping stones of your career. That's what he uh, mentions. And I, you know, it's powerful. Uh, the whole thing, the whole idea behind this is that at the end of the day, or rather the sentiment that, the takeaway I should say, is that we all spend a lot of time focused on ourselves, uh, trying to make ourselves better, or so preoccupied with that. Or we spend time, uh, a lot of times, like wondering what others are doing, or kind of having people think about us, um, you know, wondering about that stuff, is that at the end of the day, we actually don't take the time to think about that other person and what can help them or make them better or put ourselves in their shoes. That's pretty much the gist of it. And it's something that, you know, we, we learned as, as, as kids. And yet it's not practice as much as, as it is to date. And if that's Carnegie's, like, biggest takeaway of, like, the most effective tip that he can give you is to listen to other people and essentially put yourselves in their, their shoes, you're essentially giving yourself a one-up on anyone and everyone that you're that you talk to. That whether it's a business or a personal um, dating, almost anything, is that when you stop thinking about yourself and you think about others, you come to the realization that you know, it, it's it's not about you at the end of the day. It's never been about you. Uh, and most of what exists in this world is meant to satiate your needs and your desires. But the people who created these, they, you know, items or startups or ideas, businesses, services, anything, uh, they, they often came to the mindset of helping you out. But from their point of view, it, it was not about them. Okay, so, uh, so internally, it's not about you at the end of the day. What your actions, what you do, how you think, 
uh, try to keep the other person in mind. And just that alone, uh, according to him, and I firmly believe this too, will uh, catapult you. Uh, because that's uh, that, that's just been something that's stuck with me. Um, he's got about like 30 other planes in the book as well. Uh, they're all very useful. Uh, but uh, but I think this, this book itself, uh, if you had to pick one book to read, it's going to be this one. And it's a tough one. The top three, top three books, maybe four books, are very, uh, are very elite for different reasons. So there's uh, that's book number one. Book number two. Some of you might have heard of this book. It's called The Four Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss. I also read this book back in uh, over a decade ago. And uh, between the first book of How to Win Friends and Influence People and The Four Hour Work Week, uh, they both. Uh, are focused around business slash, uh, I, would, I don't want to say self-help, but it's more personal development. And the four-hour work week is essentially a book that describes how to, you know, get out of the rat race, find what you want to do, and create create a system or a way for you to make money while working very minimally. Now, Tim Ferriss, uh, you can Google him, you can search him up. He's a very interesting guy. He's I think he has one of the most... Uh, downloaded podcast I think next to Joe Rogan he does a lot of like independent ventures he, do, he he's all over the place and what I liked about four hour work week is that when I read this back in 2009 2008 um, for me as a as a young college grad pup who never really even wanted to go to college more or less uh, who had more pursuits than comedy and uh, more, more of the entertainment uh, sector uh, that, you know, the idea of working at a company for 40 plus years, 50 plus years, just seemed like torture to me. Uh, it could be, it could have, could have been the ADHD, it could be whatever, but like even staying in college for like four years just seemed like it was mind-numbingly mind brutal. Something that could have been done like in half the time or even faster when it comes to learning, learning the skills. Now, I have a side rant about college and teachers and professors um, and whatnot, and that's a different time and place. But... The four-hour work week is, for me at the time, was the quintessential book on how and just shaping the paradigm of, of what it means to actually work. Uh, you know, not just work, but like make a living off of what you're doing. And, and and it wasn't just related to sticking to a business. It was or owning a business, more or less, uh, or running a whole company. It was finding a, a different path, a unique path. Um, to free up your time to help you uh, set up systems and ways to uh, expedite your, your personal missions, I guess. So, uh, again, I found that to be an interesting book. It's been a while since I read that book, so uh, but the only, like I said, the big takeaway here was that it, it does help you provide a good framework of understanding the, the most important things, what you, at least for me, um, and what you do to free up your time and your mental space at the end of the day. Uh, and again, if you're someone who is, tends to struggle with sleep and have, has a lot of stressors, or, mother, or if you don't have enough time in the day, or if you just feel like life is just getting to you, whether it's your job or work, or same thing, but you know, or career, uh, I, I highly recommend this book. Uh, for me, it kind of got me into a, not kind of, but definitely kept my growth mindset uh, it's kept it's kept me um, 
you know, aware of what's going on, uh, just with myself and kind of, at, of, of what's going on with the world and, and how he's adapted his life, uh, to kind of what's goes, what was going on with the world. And like, I think it was like more of the rush of the internet and being able to connect with other people online, uh, to, you know, make life easier. So, uh, yeah, that great book. Um, definitely recommend that. Number three, the third book. This book is a small read, and it's from a marketer slash author, author named Seth Godin. It's called The Purple Cow. The Purple Cow is probably my favorite book out of all of them. Uh, when it comes to the most influential, it's, like I said, it's top three, top four or five. But uh, it's, a, it's a small read, uh, and it's, you can't miss the book, the whole idea of the book. It's called Purple Cow. It's shaped like a cow, or the color is shaped like in cow, uh, in cow patterns, and it's purple. And not to be confused with Purple Cow ice cream, but the Purple Cow essentially talks about what you need to do to separate yourself from the pack. It talks about why people like the concept of a purple cow. Uh, it's something that's new. It's unique. It's something that gets people talking. It helps you create ideas and the foundation of understanding what to think outside of the box, how to differenti differentiate yourself from the crowd. Now, this whole idea of the purple cow, uh, while it could be applied for marketing purposes, uh, it, it's all around... It, 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 like the application can be applied to life. It can be applied to your career. It can be applied to dating. It can be applied to almost just about anything uh, that you're worried about or you know you might have trouble with. And me personally, my big takeaway from that book, uh, outside of what I just mentioned, was that uh, I can apply that to uh, at least back then. This like, this is another book I read out like right after leaving college. Was that you don't have to follow the crowd to, in a sense, and I hate sounding cliche and I see this on Twitter and like all these inspirational quotes that say don't follow the crowd be yourself, do your own stuff, you know um, and all that does does have some some weight to it and relevance but the purple cow itself just just puts that uh, sentiment and like dials it up to 11, it like just, it just yeah, it, it, it just takes it to the max and uh, for me, I've always made it a point, especially back then when I was just a young pup, a, a young, young eager pup that wanted a, wanted a job and wanted a career and everything else, uh, was that in order to separate yourself from the crowd, uh, you have to be completely different. You have to be the one that gets people to remember who you are, uh, what you're doing, and it's not so much the matter of if it's good or bad, um, you know, as long as your heart's in the right place and you try to do something that's more different and beneficial. Um, that's always going to be the case, and for a practical application, I mean, uh, even for resumes itself, like, when I used to apply for jobs, I would always go out of my way to, uh, well, back then they had resume letters and resume papers, and we didn't have any online, so I would uh, print resumes in a fancy, the fancy paper, uh, and put, like, a, a big shadow of a J, like a cursive. Um, so it's like an imprint or watermark over the resume. So no one else had that. And I actually got a lot more uh, people calling back and having for interviews than others because of the resume itself. Uh, and even to date, um, if you guys even want to stand out, uh, 
I recommend doing things that no one else has done. I, I know a guy who uh, who got a position uh, at a, a casino, a high-level position, strictly due to the fact that uh, he he was friends with someone kind of to let him know that the position was open and there was like 50 other candidates, but uh, they said they would take a look at his resume and whatnot, um, kind of gave him like an opportunity, but uh, as opposed to going through, through going through the traditional route, he filled himself in different parts of the city that he was living in and explained uh, why he was great for the job and how practical uh, his skills are while visiting different spots in, in, you know, in the city which added a unique creative element. You could see his personality, you could see how he talks, you could see, you can get a feel for who he was before like the HR teams and everyone, you know, all those stakeholders that would decide uh, whether or not he would even have an interview. Um, you know, he made that first impression. So, uh, you know, that right then and there, that like he, he told me that pretty much gave him, uh, put him on a short list of just people that they wanted to take it and he ended up getting the role. Uh, I've I've done a couple things myself. I've done videos. I've created. I have created a website. Uh, uh, I, think, I think I could talk about this. Um, back when I was using the principles from that book, I even used. Uh, I created a website to try to apply for a job at. Uh, at back then, it was called SEO Moz, and it's now called Moz, and they are SEO software slash marketing suite, uh, and. I wanted a position of, I think they called it Marketing Oracle, and I was still fairly young and new in marketing, but I wanted to try to make a name for myself. So I created a website, and I called it a Whiteboard Hire Me, and it was a spinoff of what the company did, was what the company did, which is uh, Whiteboard Fridays, and they still do it now. You can go to Moz.com and you can check it out. And I literally went to, uh, I think it was at UNLV, went to a UNLV campus and found an empty classroom and just created my own whiteboard video on why they should hire me. Like, same exact style. And I created the site, I put it in Google Analytics, and uh, I, I sent in the application. And I think it got a couple hundred views, which was weird, well not weird, but it was funny because it was only, that link only existed to the internal team. So it, it was pretty cool that it like shot up for a couple days. And then I got an email back saying, oh yeah, like you're video is phenomenal, this is great, um, but your experience is not remotely what we need. Uh, try again in the future or something like that. So while I was devastated, it was still very fun and to even have a custom response and like a thank you and everything else was uh, pretty pretty fun and pretty cool. Uh, you can use this stuff, I mean the purple cow theory essentially works if you have any sort of personality or characteristic trait that um, makes people happy, and give, give people happy feelings, I guess. Um, generally, for me, I don't, I don't, I don't consider myself a super sad person. I try to be positive. Um, obviously, being positive all the time is rough. Uh, you know, I know some people who can do that, and um, and they are always that all the time. And that's great for them, but uh, but you know, for me, it's like my positive to not so positive ratio. It's like like eight to one, nine to one. Like I try to stay on the bright side of things, but when things suck, it tends to suck. But don't. But this book lets you try to find ways to help you show your, prove your best foot, uh, try to have you put your best foot forward. My English is just stuttering. It's terrible right now. But but it helps you, this book is, it like inspires, it helps you get a few ideas to think differently, to think 
that, hey, like you shouldn't follow the crowd in a sense of doing what everyone's doing to achieve a certain goal, whether if, it, whether if it's applying for a job, uh, pitching to a client, asking for a raise, selling, I mean, selling work to someone who's brand new, uh, asking someone out. Okay, like being different, you know, those are things that create stories. That's what gets people talking. That's what gets people to remember you. And you want people to remember you for the things that, you know, who you are and what you do. But in order for, in order for you to get people to remember you for you, you have to get them to remember who you are to begin with. Okay, so I think a lot of people get that confused. People want, people want to be known. People want to be heard. People want to be understood. But it's hard to even get the right attention because it's not being done right. It's, it's, you know, they want it all up front and it's more of a process. It's something that I'm learning uh, more and more and this book has, uh, you know, has shed that light. So uh, I highly recommend that book, uh, especially if you don't want a long read, The Purple Cow is amazing. So the fourth book is called The Definitive Book of Body Language. I forget the title. I have this book on PDF. I should pull it up, but I'm on a different computer. Now, this book, uh, I found this very beneficial. I never came upon this book until about, I think, 2010. And it was recommended through a poker player. Uh, he was, back back then when he recommended it, he, uh, I think this was his first uh, year before playing like the WSOP, and he ended up uh, finishing second, or I think he won a couple down the road. And I remember he posted something on a forum beforehand, and he said, hey, like, I'm boning up my knowledge for the World Series of Poker, and I'm reading this book, and it's, you know, it's like, I think this should definitely help, like, my poker play, especially when I play live. And, uh, you know, he mentioned that, and I figured, yeah, why not? I, I have time. I'll read that book. And this book just blew my mind. Uh, not only with the fact that, you know, I think he mentions that I think 80% of our communication is done through nonverbal cues. Uh, it helps actually define, like the, this book helps you define what these verbal cues are, how you can study them, how to, it, how, how to read people based on how, they, how their demeanor is. I found this book to be incredibly powerful in that sense. Uh, there is a caveat that they mentioned, it's like, hey, like just because people have different demeanors or how they communicate with their body is not representative it's not like it just does not mean it's like 100% universal uh, however they do I believe this is the book um, there's another body language book by I think uh, Joe Navarro uh, I think it's called what everybody is saying uh, I don't believe I read that book in full so that's why I didn't want to add this but this is the one I but the definitive book of body language was the one I, I, I read uh, so uh, but the point, yeah, the point is that you you know they add the caveat that you, know, you can't take this book, book verbatim. You have to study and learn, even study yourself, and just read people and just go from there. Um, and the more experience you get, you get better at figuring out, like, oh, you know, if someone's, like, crossing their hands together while they're talking to you, um, it could mean that they're cold. Or it could just mean that they are, uh, you know, they're not willing to talk, or they're, they're going to be more defensive. Okay, so you just you essentially have to read the situation. But the book teaches you how to read situations, um, how to actually take in the moment of what's going on and assess, and then you can read, try to try to read people appropriately. And they also offer ways to, like, say, counterbalance. Uh, if someone's trying to be more defensive, uh, it offers ways for you to, uh, you know, like fix that problem. And 
a lot of that stuff is usually with like proximities or angles or kind of just how I think they mentioned proximity a lot. It's just it's just more of the optics of the situation. And I'll I'll give two quick examples. Uh, you guys can decide. Uh, you know, if you guys like the book or if you want to keep reading it. But uh, one of my favorite examples that I took away, even though I initially read it for poker, was that they talked about what you need to do uh, during a face-to-face interview, which I guess these days it ain't, it ain't happening as much. But Assuming in the future we kind of go back to some semblance of, of face-to-face uh, interaction, uh, this would be real. This is relevant. Uh, he mentions during the interview, you know, you like you never want to, for one, you never want to sit down. You never want to sit down while waiting for the interview. It kind of puts you in a weak position, and when, whenever you know the HR person or the secretary or even the manager comes in to greet you, you never want to be in a place for, to where they're looking down on you. So that's kind of more of like an optics thing. So you always want to kind of be busy. You might have a notebook. Um, back then it was a notebook, but now it's probably a phone. Uh, but the whole idea it, the whole idea is that if you're someone who wants to be productive and you're going to be a high-efficiency worker, you're not going to be sitting down. You're, you're not going to be waiting on others. You're going to be proactive in your situation. So you, you have those optics. And when you go, you know, when they ask you to go to the office and whatnot, you, know, you want to make sure uh, you walk in like just walk straight in firmly and to go sit down immediately. Okay, like don't spend your time like poking your head in and, and seeing if this is the right room. You just go in and do what you need to do. And you know, that shows confidence. Like you're showing your person who's in motion. And even when you're interviewing or you're being interviewed, uh, what you would want to do is that you want to set up the, the office or set up your seating situation to where you're not facing the person head on. Your interviewee or interviewer head on. You want to angle it to where you're kind of like, to, to where as if you're like you're talking to friends, or someone that you're familiar with. So someone you know that's kind of like at a 60 degree or 45 degree angle, to where you're not like 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 I said like like looking at them as a face to face like it's a face off. You don't want to be doing that. So um, and that's you know, those are some of the tricks that helps. And then they mentioned too if you have any opportunity to get um, to like to point out the resume or or to or to give examples. Um, you know, you want to try to get them up or standing up uh, to where they're just removing barriers. And a lot of these things are simply just being cues for you to recognize, hey, like, hey, and like, like they're happy or they're, they have positive body language when I say something. Like, here's what I can do to um, kind of increases my chances of getting it. And then the last thing I think they mentioned uh, is that when you leave, just make sure the back of your shoes are clean. And that, that's pretty much it. And you walk out confidently. I'm sure there are some stuff missed, but those are like the key points that I've done and tested personally in, in the days where I was uh, actively looking for positions, and especially when I was starting out when I didn't have, uh, you know, only, only just a degree. And really, honestly, I don't even should, should even mention that because a, a degree is, at least in my opinion, for the most part, depending on the uh, major, is more or less worthless. <laughs> you know, like like I would, if I were a business owner. I would never hire a college grad uh, compared to someone that had four years of marketing experience while being at the same age. I doubt would just never. Like, it, like I've experienced it. Like, I'd rather have someone with four years experience pay him a little bit more than to bring in, bring in, a, bring in a college grad, uh, especially in the digital marketing realm, that will know, knows a little bit about marketing 
Um, but but doesn't have any of the experience. Like it's it, yeah, it's mind blowing. So I digress. Point is the definitive book of plot in English. Just that little portion alone was worth I think the twenty bucks I spent. I think you can get it cheaper on Amazon. Uh, the book is fairly thorough and it has a lot of images and examples and a little and some tests too uh, that help way like that help you practice reading body language. Now, book number five. Uh, there's going to be a kind of a theme here. So a lot of the top books, honestly, were ones that really benefited me, especially in my like figuring out what I want to do. And let's be honest, I still don't. But like as a younger kid. You know, younger adult, uh, having a lot of wonder of like what my career is going to be, what am I going to do, how to figure it out, like what are the steps I need to do to become, you know, the workers, to work for people. Uh, like a lot of these books are very related to that, and it still could be like I said, it could definitely be applied to many other things. But I feel like you know, having a job, career, or a reason to do what you do, or you know, put effort into like your life's work, and it could be like I said, a career. A lot of this helps you build the foundation of getting yourself that opportunity. Aside from just actually doing it yourself, uh, starting a business and learning everything from scratch. I mean, spending 20 to 30 hours, like spending a week reading these books. I know it sounds crazy, but like a week's worth of time, uh, especially in quarantine. Like, will the ROI on those 40 hours can easily double, triple, or quadruple your salary? Or if you ha if you don't if you're not even making a salary, it make you you know have a living wage or do you know do well with uh, finances or do better with finances that are coming in but anyway number five this fifth book is called uh, knock and dead resumes and uh, this one's gonna be a little bit of a two-parter so it's knock and dead resumes and I'll mention a, a snippet of this book I, I put it under honor it's called a uh, spark your career in advertising so knock and dead resumes is a book that offers practical advice on what people are looking for uh, in regards to what they want in a resume. They, they offer different types of resume examples, whether if it's whether if you're like want to be a cleaner, uh, a maid, uh, someone who's in tech, someone who's in marketing, someone who has you know elect electrician skills. It doesn't matter the job for the most part, but it, it gives you practical examples based off the industry and types of styles that make sense for the type of company that you're working for or the type of company that you're applying for. And they debunk a lot of myths and truths, or a lot of myths about resumes. Like my biggest one, the biggest takeaway that I had uh, from the book was that, you know, just stop putting an objective in your resume because that completely pigeonholes like what you're trying to do. And at the end of the day, if you're a human and you look at if you look at a resume, the objective for the most part of most resumes is I want the job or I am a good fit for the job. But but that's usually implied. So if you say, yeah, I'm looking for a position that helps me, you know, first thing, like like leverage my skills, or I'm looking for maybe better maybe a better example is I'm looking for a position that uh, that helps me learn and gets me in the door. Like that that's not strong. Like if I was someone in HR and I want to hire someone um, that wants to be at the company for a long time, uh, hiring someone that quote unquote puts their foot in the door um, implies that they're gonna um, get in and then leave once they once they're ready. Uh, and you know, regardless or not, if that's implied. Uh, actually, if that's implied, like that just doesn't look well. 
uh, whether or not you mean it, whether or not that's meant is a different story. Um, but uh, you know, those are kind of the things that the Knock Em Dead Resumes book does. Uh, also, if you are in a, this is probably more practical for those who are in a job and you're looking to switch careers or switch companies, and it's been a few years since you've done, uh, since you've updated a resume or you've created a resume, this book alone, uh, heck, heck, it can even be like after two months on the job, this book alone can help you and assist you in competing for jobs that are like two times, three times, four to four extra salary. Okay, or your, your current salary, depending on where you're at. So, uh, I mean, for me, and I think I had a buddy too, uh, you know, we both started out making, I think, um, before I read the book, I think I was making like 10 bucks an hour, and I used that resumes book uh, um, to kind of help me align like my marketing skills and everything else that I learned at the job to parlay that into like, I think making like two and a half times or three times the amount uh, in the next position that I had after like a year. So, uh, and it's something I could have done sooner if I read that book sooner, but I didn't. So, uh, I, you know, the ROI and spending $10 on a book and spending six hours on a resume, um, following the steps, it's $10, six to eight hours it, it, to make 20K to 100K more a year, depending on who you are, is, it, it, it just seems asinine to not suggest this book. Uh, you know, it's not, it's not a traditional book where it's like, you know, there's storytelling or whatever. It's, it's just a practical guidebook and handbook that, that if you're willing to accept, accept that you can control what kind of your trajectory is, if you want to control it, to control that, then this book can make it happen. Uh, they have newer versions and whatnot, and they have a couple other books uh, with cover letters and whatnot, but I feel like the resume itself like easily gets you in the door. Uh, interview Interviews are a different story. Uh, again, I highly recommend the definitive book of body language for the interviews, and even the other books I mentioned, the How to Win Friends and Influence People, is like you would be you you would be perfect with interviews after reading those books, anyways. So, uh, so yeah, there's that. And uh, and again, most of the stuff, the, the first ones were, except with the exception of the four-hour work week, are more related to if you're just looking for a career change, if you're someone that wants to work for a company but wants that job security, um, you know, who, who wants to be able to navigate their career. Uh, I think I think these books will give you the tools to do that and to separate yourself from the crowd as well. Now, uh, I mentioned the Honor book, which is Spark Your Career in Advertising, which if you buy that book, it's like $2 on Amazon. Uh, I'm going to link to these, but I'm going to link these uh, on, uh, I'm going to link these in the description that point to Amazon. Uh, they're not going to be affiliate links. Uh, I I think I have an affiliate account on Amazon. I just don't, it's just so, so much of a pain to set it up. Yeah, and I, I don't know, Amazon, yeah, so, but call out though, if, um, since I don't try to affiliate links or any sponsors, if you would like to support the podcast, I do have a Patreon, uh, just go to patreon.com and I think forward slash droolish, and you, you're more than welcome to support the podcast by, uh, you know, uh, putting monthly donations if I'm able to help you fall asleep, uh, you know, I, I figure, uh, you know, why not? People have been asking about it. And I don't do enough promoting, and I still don't want to do any promoting, promoting with it. 
Um, but I just felt like this makes sense if you're, and since we're kind of on the subject of affiliate links and whatnot. So, anyways, moving on. Uh, sorry, uh, not moving on, but the spark your career in advertising, kind of blending, blending that with the not competitive resumes. So the resumes itself does strictly cover cover letters. Um, but what I found to be really amazing for cover letters, because since we're talking about jobs, um, there is a section, a section uh, in a book called Spark Your Career in Advertising. And the book itself, uh, it kind of talks about like the ins and outs of the advertising world, and this is before digital marketing and digital stuff, so the relevance isn't there. But the, but the one section that was phenomenal was that they had a cover letter section that talks about what you want to include in a cover letter to grab attention. Uh, and what better way to get these tips from from a marketer and advertiser. Like they know how to market your, yourself to be the best. Like there's, it's simple, okay? Uh, so they go really in depth with what you want to include. They mentioned a, a study that said, um, I think they tested like, they split tested standard cover letters versus personalized ones uh, from their tips and, and they said, for someone who has no experience and no more or less aptitude, um, they're, I think they're like four times more likely to actually get to an interview than someone with the skills um, that, has a, that has a terrible cover letter. Like it, and, yeah, and these are for like junior positions and starting out. Uh, and I, I tested this, uh, I think 10 years ago, or 2020, 11, 11 or 12 years ago. And when I, when I was still living in Holland, I, I, I still live here. Oh, I moved to Vegas and came back now. But before I moved to Vegas, um, I did that. And I sent a personalized letter. I sent everything. And I got an email back. And they said, oh, this is amazing. This is great. Uh, but we're not hiring um, at the moment. And the day I decided to move to Vegas, I got a call from that same advertising agency. And it said, hey, like, you know, we kept your resume, your 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 cover letter and profile like let's talk and have an interview but I, but I had to turn them down because I made the decision to, to move town to leave town so it didn't make any sense to apply um, but they wish me the best of luck so uh, but again uh, we tested this a couple times and it works incredibly well uh, yeah so if you can catch it you know get the book and spark your career in advertising from spark notes two bucks uh, just read the cover letter section and that will pair that up with the knock and resumes, you are set up for amazingness. Uh, so this last book, yeah, so I'll do this last one here. Uh, I have 15 total, 15 books, but I'm, I realize I'm at number six. So number six, uh, it's called The Leader Who Had No Title. It's from Robin Sharma. And he also wrote a book called The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. Uh, but the leader who had no title is an international bestseller. At least that's what it says out of the book. Um, it's recommended through a buddy of mine who is a pretty cool dude. He he's an avid reader and he's just a badass at what he does. So um, he recommended me this book, and I tried reading it about two years ago and I stopped uh, because work got so crazy. And then I circled back to it uh, not too long ago, and. This, I would say this book has a lot of uh, useful insights, especially if you're someone who feels like you're kind of in a dead-end job or if you're trying to find like, passion out of what you're doing or trying to find a career or trying to make the best out of a situation. It's 
Its primary use for this is if you are someone who wants to stay at a company, who wants to help a company grow. You, know, you don't have to own your own business to use this book. This is actually catered towards those who are working within businesses and within organizations. And that's where the biggest value of this book is. And the whole synopsis is that, you know, it follows the story of this guy. Um, and it's effectively the, the author at the time. Um, on how he was a terrible, you know, bookseller. He worked at a bookstore. How many people really liked him? Um, but he had a love for books, and he always did. He, he always had a, a knack to helping out customers due to his love of books. But anything else that wasn't a part of that, he just didn't want to do. Um, he was an army vet, and he was kind of just pretty miserable with his life. And it kind of poured into uh, how he how he worked. Uh, you know, I, I you know I think a lot of us probably can have that semblance, like that, that, that semblance of feeling, or can kind of resonate to that to some extent. Uh, but he comes across this guy who, uh, well, yeah, essentially he comes comes across a guy who teaches him a lot about how to be uh, a leader, and it goes through a lot of the interactions. But essentially, um, this book is done in a story form to where uh, it's more I don't want to say more relatable, but it, it, it's effectively a story. Uh, the, or the names are changed, but it's, for me, I found it to be incredible on, on refocusing and realigning what it takes to be not just a leader, but how to empower yourself to be a leader in everything you do. So while it's primarily, well, I primarily said it was for work, you can take the attitudes of what it takes to be a leader, what it takes to, you know, own what you're doing, what it takes to, uh, you know, go above and beyond and just give your best and find ways to offer genius level work you know, regardless of the position uh, it includes many strategies to be busy to just focus on focusing on getting results like a lot of these strategies and tactics will help will actually keep you very strong and help it'll help you realign like the things you've learned in the past to actually apply that for what you're working on and a lot of it has to do with just empowering yourself to not just be the best you can be, but uh, to make the best out of your role and position and to get others aligned with it as well. Because when you start taking that leadership mentality, you start leading, you start thinking and innovating and thinking of awesome ways to make your job better and make those around you better, it, well, it, it more or less gives you the power to uh, make change. And the sentiment behind this book is that, you know, the change that you make is not related to the title that you have. You, the change you make is related to what you can do for those around you. And a lot of people get that misconstrued. So uh, I thought this book was phenomenal. Uh, again, it, it's, it's a modern story. Uh, and the guy who wrote this book, I think he, he wrote a few other books. He does, yeah, I think he just works a lot. He says, um, just more about him. Uh, just reading the author synopsis, it says, Robin Sharma is one of the world's most highly respected leadership experts in the enormously, uh, and an enormously popular blogger. He is devoted to the mission of helping organizations develop people who lead without a title so they can win in this period of intense change. This book was written, uh, I think, about a decade ago. Maybe, maybe it was more recent, so when they mentioned intense change, it was not the Rona, um, although now it makes a lot of sense. Uh, his clients include Microsoft, GE, FedEx, IBM, Nike, YPO, and NASA. So, uh, yeah, essentially, 
regardless of what your life is going on or your work circumstances or anything. Uh, it just shows you that you have the power of leadership that can actually bring incredible change. And uh, for me, this book is a little bit of a reminder of kind of me and understanding like what it takes to succeed and live. Um, you know, a very, you know, uh, I don't want to say live, but like a, a life that I mean, I feel like I'm in command of. Uh, but uh, this book, I can't say is the end all be all of everything, but it certainly will help you create a framework and dynamic of understanding like you can be phenomenal and amazing and pretty badass in what you do. Uh, regardless of the position. So, highly, highly recommend that book. Uh, and uh, number seven. I think it's perfect here for number seven because, frankly, guys, I had this book, I read this book, and I lost this book a year ago. And this book would probably be a lot higher had I kept the book, but unfortunately, I'm, I just do not remember the title. Now, if you're still awake, uh, don't spend time trying to Google this. Maybe try it tomorrow morning. If you're able to figure out the title of the book, I don't know, um, I'll, get, I'll ship you like $5, okay? And send it and just try to just comment on Twitter um, at Drillish Podcast or send me an email, drillishpodcast at gmail.com if you can help me find the name of this book. Um, but right now, from what I wrote, it was called, um, this is my guess of the title. It's called Sit Down, shut up and live your life and it, the cover of the book was white and it was like a guy kneeling like pointing his finger at you like he was i think he had a shaved head almost looked like a biker but it wasn't a biker's guy he, was, he looked like a badass i came up i came across this book i think at a thrift shop or maybe a barnes and noble it was something it, it was a used book was, i did not find it online uh it just picked it up for like a dollar fifty and it was in the self-help section at that time, and this was during a period. Uh, you could tell, like, there's a lot of 2008, 2009 stuff where I was just like, just a confused guy who just didn't know what, what he wanted to do. Uh, and this book was the one that motivated me and helped me decide that uh, I'm just gonna move to Las Vegas and try to pursue careers and like, like this, this book. Uh, again, this would probably be a lot higher, but this book has a lot of more personal you know, personal practical application for me, and that's why it's even on this list. And uh, I, I just found this book to be incredible in a sense of, you know, a lot of these other books come from a sense of, like, you know, they're narrating, they're navigating, they're storytelling. Whereas this book just comes from this guy's personal experiences, his personal flares, his life lessons, and his, his attitude. And it bleeds through in... In the, in the text and in the copy. And the couple takeaways I got from this book, the biggest ones is that were that, you know, a lot of us just overthink life a lot. And trying to think like, okay, like, you know, what do we want to do? Like, like we're unhappy with life. What are we going to do about it? And he just simplifies it. Um, one of my favorite things he said was, uh, and literally like just kicked me in the butt. Like it said, it just said, hey, like, if you're unhappy with your life, if you're happy with where you're living, change it. If you're unhappy with your marriage, leave it. Like, he's like, stop overthinking this. Like, it, like the longer you wait, you're just going to peace out. And it sounds like something you read on Reddit or whatever. But, like, how he explains it, he just just encapsulated it so simplistically. And he says, you know, you hate your hometown, you're sick of it. Like, move across the country. Like, just do that. Like, what's, he's like, what's literally stopping you from doing that? 
if you have the money, pack up and go. Go. And honestly, that's kind of what started it. Um, because of that, I just that's when I decided to plan to move to Las Vegas. Um, I actually was going to move to Las Vegas, but I ended up taking a, a contract gig for like five months, and then I and then I left. But that but that book itself is very practical. He talks about his life experiences, how like um, like how his wife, how his wife cheated on him, and then throughout the process he cheated on her, and he talked about like the mistakes and his thought process. Uh, and it felt like it was a very real book from very real people. And I and I think that's the big takeaway from that is that it, it offers a, a more of a sense of, of being human uh, while adding that personal flair to where it got me to take action almost immediately. It was more emotionally charged. The other books, uh, again, were, were more of a knowledge base or storytelling base. So having this type of book was a big breath of fresh air for me, uh, especially when I started reading. And again, I, I think it was called Sit Down, Shut Up, and Live Your Life. I, I don't think that is. I think it ends with like, and it, I think the second half of it was called Live Your Life, but I just don't know the first half. So if you guys happen to find the name of the book or know it, that would be, I don't know, I would be forever in your debt, as in, I'll ship you $5. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So those are seven of the 15 books. Uh, I didn't expect this to be an hour long after going through seven, but here we go. And that's it, guys. Uh, I'm going to finish the second half on the, well, next week. Um, going through number 8 and 15. I feel like uh, 15 books is fine. Uh, I don't want to create this into a mini-series. I just wrote this list that I thought these books were super helpful and impactful. I think the most important ones I pointed out are going to be in this episode. Some of the other ones, uh, they're going to be a mix between like finance, biz, and still some personal development stuff. But... A lot of the stuff is just related to like more mindset and getting you the right framework for what you're trying to achieve. And there are a lot of similarities, a lot of similarities between doing, you know, following the mindset stuff or any discipline that you have, but uh, the nuanced differences. And uh, honestly, the personal style of writing, at least in my opinion, uh, matter when it comes to reading these books. So uh, that aside, uh, we're in, we're in the Parting words time. So if this is your first time listening, well, feel free to stop. Um, although if you are listening for the first time and you're still awake, I highly recommend if this is late at night for you to eat a mandarin because it's been an hour and you haven't fallen asleep. So eat a mandarin. It helps you inspire dreams and improve stream quality, at least from my experience. And it keeps you in a happy mood. Uh -huh. So I love the mandarin. Well, if it's 2 or, two or 3 a.m., and you're still listening after an hour feel free to listen to these parting words but I do recommend that you get up or at least consider and imagine yourself brushing your hair or taking a shower or better yet dusting the ceiling fan in your room because you're either going to do it because you are still awake or your body's going to say nah you're going to fall back asleep or you're going to feel more tired. That's generally my go-to hack on four. Uh, actually, those, those are my general go-to hacks. So, yeah, these parting words, again, everything I talked about for the book stuff I've already mentioned, uh, but I, I don't know, I just like to talk 
about random stuff. If you're dreaming, maybe these, maybe maybe the voices that uh, that you're hearing on the podcast like will seep into your dreams. Um, but uh, again, I just want to say thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for taking the time to listen. Um, now, I had no idea where even this podcast stood. I just found that article that said, uh, you know, top 20% podcast or whatever, get like a thousand episode downloads after 30 days. And I had no idea that was even a benchmark. So, uh, you know, over a year, I had no idea that, you know, the growth of this podcast just keeps going and going. Um, and I don't know, it gets me excited. And, and sometimes it makes me like, it makes me overthink sometimes, and I, I've done my best to not try to do that for this instance. Uh, I, I know a lot of my patterns of what works and what doesn't work. Generally, um, like like I tend to know the turning point of when things stop working for me, and I I'm doing my best to like fix those things, like to, to prevent that stopping point. And I'll I'll explain to you what it is right now. Maybe you guys are will be familiar. Uh, you know, for me, I. I've had a laundry list of like many successes and a laundry list of of many and big failures in in what I do, and a lot of my non mini successes and even you know successes that I have today were related to me following something that I've always wanted to do, or something that's just kind of been in the back of my mind and that I just always wanted to fulfill, or alternatively something that I decided hey here's an opportunity and I'm going to run with it as far as I can and make the best of it those tend to be my biggest successes whether if it's in poker or marketing or you know and right now it's kind of consulting and and this podcast I guess is a uh, you know, uh, bigger success than I thought and I noticed that the big things that prevent me from having like a high level of success is that I the moment that I start seeing success is that I like to talk about it. I like to I like to share my experiences and help others. But after I talk about it or after I get so excited of doing it and I'm seeing progress, is I just immediately just get inside my own head and then stop doing things that work, or would just quit altogether. And uh, and I I still can't figure out why. You know, and I'd rather I'd rather spend the time to acknowledge that that's a that's a huge fault of mine, um, or because I've heard this heard this many times where I have a lot of ideas and or I just don't stick to something long enough for or something to bloom or you know something I get inside my own head and and this podcast is the one that I'm fighting to make the exception for, uh, and I use these parting words to just speak from, I guess, the heart, a little bit from the mind, from the heart, it's, it's a little bit of both, to try to reflect and to just better better figure out, you know, what I can do to, you know, stop these things from happening, because the podcast, I, I enjoy it a lot, and when I started this podcast, I enjoyed it at first, and around the first dozen episodes before the NFL stuff came in, I felt like I just didn't want to do it. And I would wake up and I'd be like, you know, I'm not, I'm not in the mood to record the podcast and I'm just going to quit. And that was even after I was starting to see like, you know, I got like 100 downloads after like a couple weeks and I was, you know, super excited and I, you know, I still am. I just can't believe I get downloads. Um, but that lingering thought of like, you know, I'm, I'm seeing success, but why do I not want to keep doing it? And 
and I've done my best to try to keep this podcast to, you know, I don't, I don't like promoting, like, I would like to promote this podcast more in a sense of, like, letting people know it exists, um, but not to let people know, like, hey, this, you know, this podcast is great, because I don't know if it's great. You know, I just kind of set out a goal to make this a mildly amusing podcast, and, and I just know that people are finding use out of it. And I don't want to try to build an ego. I, I, I want to keep things grounded in the sense of me just looking at spreadsheets, looking at data, and just speaking from, from what I'm seeing and being happy for like steps of progress. But uh, but you know I, you know I kind of half joke of being like the 20% of the podcast. Like you know it, it seems like it's a big accomplishment. I had no idea like like I you know something like this was that high. You know I you you would, you would think that. Uh, the success of other podcasts that you would see or the numbers that you see or hear like for example like the Joe Rohan experience or like the Tim Ferriss podcast like they get like millions of listens or downloads and you know I'm sitting here with like just a fraction of that and I'm like you know that's cool like I'm very happy with that but you know, comparing, comparing them like you wouldn't think that that'd be that close to a percentile but I guess I am so I mean that's pretty cool uh, you know I, I don't know this stuff helps, helps keep me grounded and I'm generally a big numbers guy. I like to hype myself up when I see success, and and uh, and I just try to keep this podcast. I don't know. I, I I'm working on keeping myself out of the podcast um, as much as I can, if that makes sense. Uh, like I noticed, I, I I outside of the parting words, which I like, like I said, I just consider this. If you guys are listening at this point. Uh, then I assume that you just like listening to my voice, or maybe you like listening to me, or my thoughts. But it's I don't know. It's 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 tough to kind of keep the ego out of it. Um, and there are some points to where I don't want like an ego to come into the podcast. I don't want to talk about myself the whole time. I know this episode is about the books that influence me, but that's more of the sense of you know hopefully it helps you out. And it's not just me talking about books for no real, without any reason. I think that's what I'm getting at. I wanna, I wanna keep trying to provide value for you guys, for the things that I've learned or for, for my experiences. And I think that's a good mix. But I just don't want to be spending time talking about me, 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 me. Uh, I'd rather just be talking about like the ideas, the things that were created. Hopefully, and it helps others or helps people get inspired or just helps people get their mind off of their day, or maybe it helps them click on a couple things or just bring uh, a, a different perspective on life or sleeping or anything in general. So, yeah, I don't know if I'm even making sense at this point. I know, I, I know I'm rambling, but uh, you know, I, I always find this podcast to be therapeutic in a sense, especially these last parts where I kind of just get to unwind and just talk. And as for the podcast in the future, in case you guys were wondering, uh, I know I know it sounds like I'm a, like I'm a bastard for just mentioning like podcast news at the very end, but uh, you know I have a Twitter account. You guys can follow me there, and I don't know. I just want the content to be related to the content. And yeah, I I do tend to have some self narration. I know that, but um, I don't know. Um, this podcast, like I said, I'm just doing my best to just talk about things that interest me 
I know if I start doing like YouTube stuff and going out on, in other venues, like mediums and writing, I just always get in my head of like what I'm writing and I just don't. And I overthink about like if I'm writing something, I think about what word I'm using. If I'm doing YouTube, I overthink of like what editing I'm going to use, if it makes sense and every frame matters. And for this podcast, it's just, you know, I get to hit record uh, and I am able to talk about things that I like. On uh, some episodes, it just tend to be slower. Other episodes, I tend just to be on point. I can just talk in just, per- in, I don't, it, for me, it's like perfectness. <laughs> um, but you know, I feel like this is like right now, like this is probably the best way I can express myself because I, you know, in my head, I feel like I uh, there is at least undivided attention. Uh, at least that's the goal. Uh, I mean, you know, you want to be listening. Uh, I'll be wrong. You, you probably, some of you would probably be listening if you didn't have any sleeping troubles. Uh, but the primary, the primary goal is to help you guys fall asleep. And I, I simply just can't, and I don't want to spend the time and energy doing like. Like the balls me YouTube videos describing the things that I, I'm learning because because I, I know you know that's just that's just not me um, at least not right now and I just haven't I just don't have the systems or the teams to or even like the know-how to express what I want done like in other forms whereas this podcast form is done the way I I can control or at least I can I I I built it <laughs> I should say anyways guys. Uh, I, I know I'm just rambling at this point, and I have a couple more episodes I want to record. Um, so, uh, again, if you guys enjoy the podcast, uh, regardless of the episodes or this episode or any other, I would always appreciate feedback. It honestly means a lot more to me than um, getting like a, do- a bunch of downloads. Uh, personally, uh, I don't know. I just being able to see people and or read people's comments and emails about how I'm able to help. Uh, it's very fulfilling so um, yeah I know I don't sound super excited when I said that but uh, you know I know I know this is the end of the podcast and I don't want to sound too excited in case you are sleeping I don't want to wake you guys up so Uh, until next time folks first of all thank you and also take care and dream easy